I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Alex McLaren. I'm an actor and I've worked as a communications coach since 2002. Now so much business is being conducted remotely, the ways in which we talk, present, build relationships and connect is changing. In this podcast, I want to explore all those issues and prove to you that no matter who you are, you can talk to anyone. Hello and welcome to You Can Talk To Anyone, the podcast in which we open the bonnet on our communications engine. I'm Alex. And I'm Tom. Um, And this week we are going to be talking about not communicating in the way we talk, but also this thing which goes alongside it. We're talking about gifts. What shall we bring? Um, uh, Gifts and meanings. This is something that I'm really interested in. Particularly it's good to talk to you about it because I think you're very good at presents, Tom. I'm okay. I am. I'm okay. I think I have, I got a lot of points in the bank early on in my relationship with Deborah because I was sort of lucky in that over the first few months, I happened to kind of clock a few things and file them away and think that would be good. So like a a book that she talked about reading when she was a child, which she couldn't find anymore. (laughs) I was able to, to find a copy of that, that sort of thing. Now, We've been married a long time. <laughs> and, uh, after a while, you'd run out of that kind of thing and you just say, what's on your Amazon wish list? Yes, no, it's true. And I think it's also the case that it, it is harder to give gifts to people who are just older. Um, I mean, buying things for kids is dead easy because they haven't got anything and they want everything. Um, and so you've got a lot of things that you can choose from. They very easily have uh, things that they're faddish about and interested in. And therefore, you can simply go and get something yeah. from the toy shop. My son, I mean, he, he changes his his latest thing that he wants as a present all of the time. But he's always incredibly happy with something that we give him. And we'll come back to that, I think, in due course. <laughs> I know in other cultures, there are some quite strict rules about gift giving. I worked for a while for an English guy who had lots of Japanese clients and there were very strict rules that related to not how old the person was, nor how long you'd known them, nor how close your relationship was, but actually to their seniority in the company. And it was the monetary value of the gift that mattered. You had to buy something (laughs) more expensive for the person who was more senior, something less expensive for the person more junior, and so on, all the way down the line. And if you didn't, it was seen as a great insult. Yeah, it's interesting. And also those rules often have to be learnt um, only consciously by people from outside that circle. Very often the rules are tacit, which are kind of soaked up over a lifetime and you figure it out in your 30 years as a salaried person within a Japanese uh, organisation. In fact, with that in mind, I had a conversation only yesterday um, 
with uh, my sister-in-law, who is Polish by birth, and she's only lived uh, in the UK since, I guess, the last 10 years or however long she's known my brother, Sam. And we were talking about this very question, and uh, because of her wedding, I noticed that one of the things that was a standard wedding gift at a Polish wedding is an envelope of cash. <laughs> um, now, I, I, I can't, it, for that to happen at a British wedding, it would feel like it would have a completely different kind yes. of meaning. It, it's, it's absolutely the thing to do to help a young Polish couple get set up. Um, that uh, and the, also the, it avoids that risk of getting too many teapots, um, yeah, yes. which is uh, something that happens. It can happen, and which in the UK we avoid it by having a, a wedding list set up at Heels or John Lewis, or um, uh, which means that everyone can go along and select yeah. something which suits their pocket and which has, doesn't duplicate something they've already been bought by somebody else. And that feels to us totally different from the envelope of cash, mm. but actually it's more similar to the envelope of cash than what we think about as traditional gift buying, which is, Alex, I know you so well yes. that I've been able to find something <laughs> that you will adore that you didn't even know you wanted, which I think is <laughs> the do. kind of the, the whole grail of gift buying. Yes, this is, this is it. I was like, oh my God, I, I would never have chosen this for myself, but now I've got it. It's absolutely perfect. I, I was, um, I, well, I'm going to go first with this, but I want you to think about it as well. Mm. Um, th- th- when we think about sort of like the perfect gifts given to us in our life, uh, very often it's something like that. Um, and I was just wondering, can you think of a particular um, object or thing which is absolutely in your life but which was still, you're still kind of very much part of your existence was a gift from somebody else. And I've got something, I've got a friend who's very, very good at gifts. Um, And when we first moved out of London and into our flat um, in Folkestone in Kent, um, a parcel arrived and I opened it up very excited. And it was from my best mate from drama school. And he basically bought me this coffee machine, but it wasn't a plug-in gadget um, or DeLonghi. Um, it was a, a manual object. It's actually constructed. The engineering is like a corkscrew. Uh, and so you, you you put in your coffee, you sort of fill it up with normal coffee, like in a coffee machine at a, at a, a barista would use. And then you pour in water at the top and then squeeze t- down two levers. And it's that manual pressure that produces your espresso. Anyway, I absolutely love it. And I use it like four or five times a day. I've replaced most parts in it. It's like the uh, the axe that was uh, <laughs> that took off Anne Boleyn's head. Yes. Everything's been replaced, but it's still the same original thing. And it's almost like I barely remember it almost as a, a present at all. It's just if it's entered into the fabric of my existence and it's an absolute beauty and I love it. <clears throat> Have you got anything quite like that? The thing that leaps immediately to mind mm. is one of those things that I actually didn't know I wanted because I didn't even know it existed until it was given to me as a present, uh, and that was membership of the Wine Society, oh. which is a curious gift because you're being uh, given the gift of purchasing. <laughs> uh, but uh, you do have to be put forward as a member, so only another member can buy this for you as a gift. And it was given to me by someone who knows much more about wine than I do at a stage of my life when I was buying more wine and keen not to waste money on buying very expensive wine that I didn't like. Mm. And so this turned out to be a a truly excellent gift. And yeah, again, something I'm still using, not every day, Alex, that would be (laughs) upsetting. But uh, something I'm still using very, very regularly. I'm just, uh, I, I was wondering for a moment whether it was me that joined you to the Wine Society. But when you said someone who knows more about wine than you, I knew it couldn't be me. Uh, no, it wasn't you. <laughs> Where do you think gift giving fits in in the corporate world? 
Well, when is it appropriate to buy someone a gift that you're just working with or working for? Uh, well, it depends on the nature of the gift, I think. Do you, do you remember that episode of Yes Minister? Is it Yes mm. Prime Minister? In which basically a diplomatic gift is handed over and there are very, very strict rules about what happens with diplomatic gifts um, in the United Kingdom. And so the whole joke is about whether or not Jim Hacker can take home this lovely vase and give it to his wife, Annie, yes, or whether or not he has to declare it and hand it over to the foreign office for them to sell it or auction it or whatever. Um, and so I think that if you were to take something kind of small and charming and personal along and present it to somebody as, uh, uh, or take it to a meeting for you to share, for example, I think that that often has a, a sort of just a it feels more uh, less stressful I think there can be quite a lot of stress involved in handing over a gift with some sort of meaning attached to it mm. which is substantial um, I ju- literally just the other day I had a client got in touch with us and uh, and asked me to make a, a donation I was requ- I was asked to give something in fact for their Christmas charity raffle Okay, so there's a whole load of, uh, of things involved in that. I feel like I've, you know, I'm very happy to do so. Uh, but there's also this sense of, gosh, how much should I spend on this? And uh, what are they going to take from it? They're not going to notice. No. <laughs> well, it's not going to make any difference to whether or not they give me loads more work in the next year or not. But it does feel like I need to be part of that gift-giving circle and almost like part of that family um, in the way that uh, I respond to it. So I yeah, send them something over. I remember in an earlier, less digital age we would regularly send Christmas cards to clients, something we haven't done for at least a decade. But that was a regular feature of our November, getting a a fun Christmas card printed up, making lists of clients to send it to, sticking stamps on the envelope. It's true. And it's not just us that did it, and it's not just us that now doesn't do it. Mm. We don't receive them in the way that we used to. It just seems to have faded out. Um, I do think there's the. it's interesting, that, and this happens in sort of private life as well as in work life, that sometimes the receipt of a gift is not just the necessarily the pleasure of having this lovely new thing, but there's also, it feels like there's, there can be a, an obligation involved. Um, yes, you don't want to be overdrawn in the gift bank. <laughs> it's true. We keep a kind of an, sort of a, a sort of an account book. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I've, I've had this situation myself. Um, I have a uh, an old friend who's very good at remembering things. She's got one of those organised memories. I'm terrible at it, so I'm always missing birthdays. Um, and we had to confront it eventually. And I, I found myself saying that the only way for me to deal with this is to occasionally, when I find things, to send you them on a whim, regardless of whether it fits with your birthday or not. But that's helped to kind of to ease off some of my natural kind of guilt and shame and not being good at remembering that people do need presents once in a while. Because yeah, on the one hand, we don't want to turn every relationship into a transaction. Mm. We don't feel like that's the way we want to go through life. Like I'm keeping this detailed ledger mm. and actually I, I feel like I'm in debt to you or you're in debt to me because I've done you favours or I've given you gifts in the past. On the other hand, mm. ever since childhood, I think, we've had this very strong sense that things ought to be fair. Mm. And if you are in a relationship of any kind with someone else where you're constantly doing all of the giving, all of the providing, all of the accommodating, you can start to feel like, ah, this isn't fair. This isn't right. Absolutely true. I mean, and and what you're saying is sort of begins, it does begin in childhood, that sense of justice. Um, I, uh, when we were, I've got three brothers. um, And uh, when we were small, I remember my, my aunt Moira, (laughs) she did this every year. She instituted a family birthday in order to level up the ledger 
for any of the birthdays that she'd forgotten. And so in order to make that, that, that feeling of fairness happen every year, there would be like an extra Christmas in the middle of the summer holidays in order to balance it all out. Um, and because you don't want to think to be, to feel, for it to feel unfair. And now weirdly as an adult, I always, I'm very scrupulous about sending presents to her. Um, because it feels like she laid down a lot of really excellent gift giving um, early on in our relationship. And now she deserves for it to be coming back in the other direction. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, here's a question. Um, do you like surprises? <laughs> I, I'm not averse to surprises, mm. but I am someone who, given the choice, likes to plan things out. I sort of like to know what I'm trying to get to in my life, and this is possibly a topic for a whole other episode mm. of this podcast, mm. what I'm trying to get to in my life is a point where I can have a detailed plan for everything, mm -hmm. and I can uh, simultaneously have the ability to throw that plan away the second it isn't helpful. Yeah. Um, and when you're on the receipt of a surprise present, um, uh, that's not something which is entirely in your control. Of course. No, it's not. I mean, I know people who are, are actually averse to surprises. So when I give Zoe a present, um, these days I've sorted it all out long in advance and uh, she knows exactly what she wants. She's ensured that I've got it um, and the, the surprise is removed. And in some ways I kind of, I've had to take my time letting go of that because part of the pleasure of giving a surprise gift is for the giver to mm. see the face of the surprise person as they peel open the wrapper and see what they've been given. And look, isn't it gorgeous? What a pleasure. So for, for people who don't like surprises, it can be quite hard for them to, to, to actually to say to their, their loved ones, actually, I need to be able to tell you in advance what you're giving me. And so if, for example, you've had somebody come and speak at your event yeah. and they've done a really good job and now you want to say thank you by sending them flowers, mm. Your reward for that, because you will not be there when the flowers arrive, your reward is the person who's received the flowers needs to call you up, yes. not text you, <laughs> not send you an email, but call you up and go, oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh, they're so beautiful. And almost kind of play act that strong emotion and give you that catharsis yes. that you're looking for, that release that the flowers arrived and they're appreciated and you get that moment where... That's why we wrap gifts, even gifts that, as you have described, have been carefully prearranged. Yes. Because that moment where you peel the wrapping paper off and see maybe with surprise and delight, or maybe with relief that the, the <laughs> silly idiot hasn't managed to mess this one up, 
that <laughs> it is what you hoped it was going to be. No, it's it's fun. This this I think touches on why this is particularly relevant. Thinking about when we talk to other people, and it goes back to something we discussed before, which is this this question of of authenticity. Um, because there is such an obligation when I open the present that you bought me, Tom, that I like it, that I'm probably going to make that face even if I don't. I mean, if it's obviously something really offensive, <laughs> um, then I, I'm going to have to bring it up. But this is, I'm going to have to go, oh, I love it, even if I don't. And husbands and wives often know this about each other. It's like, oh, God, it's you're, you're making the face you make, which I've seen you make when I know that you don't like it for other people, and now you're making it for me. Um, and I think that's one reason why this goes goes back to the to these questions again is but, that sometimes gifts can produce that pretending and can produce yeah. the fakeness and then that can sometimes feel like it's damaging rather than actually helping make the relationship a better one. Yeah, because relationships certainly are never built on inauthenticity and lies, mm. but at the same time, with people you're only just getting to know, mm. a policy of radical honesty may not necessarily <laughs> bear, bear fruit. So just as authenticity is a virtue, I would say so is diplomacy. And sometimes diplomacy means, oh my God, I love it. Thank you so much. It does. It does. I, I, I was saying to a friend the other day that one of the, the great happy accidents of my life, it certainly hasn't, it wasn't intention, is that my 11-year-old son is, I think, the best receiver of presents um, <laughs> that I know. Um, in that, If you give him something, he will always be delighted when he opens it. And then he'll start talking to you about how it's, why it's marvellous. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and it's all totally authentic. I hope he never loses it. because It's I a very appealing quality. That, that quality is, is really, really wonderful. But this, I think, is a specific version of something much more general. Mm. In the theatre, we know that something has happened when one person is changed by another. Yeah. And I'd say theatre, this obviously does apply to film and TV as well, but film and TV are often as much about the spectacle mm -hmm. as they are about the transactions between the characters. But in the theatre, when it's much more about who is on stage and how they're feeling, mm. we know something has happened when one person is changed by another, mm. when they get a reaction. And so if you're talking to someone else, it doesn't really matter if they are happy, miserable, somber, playful, what matters is are you changing them? And if I have an interaction with you in which I change you, then I feel connected to you. But so I, if I give you a gift and you open it and, and you look up and say, well, this is lovely, thank you very much, <laughs> well, your face doesn't change at all, I haven't got that catharsis that I'm looking for. I've absolutely seen it happen. I, I knew somebody who uh, would, would spend a number of Christmases with my family um, and I suppose this is where, I, where it first began. Christmas is coming up. We'll talk more about this in the future. But, but the way we, it would happen when I was little is that one by one, people would be handed a present from under the tree and everybody would witness the opening process. This may not be the case with those who, with everyone who celebrates Christmas, but that's the way we did it when we were little. And I remember this person, as some, uh, this was somebody who was with us for a while, would open a present look at it and, and then just put it aside and there would be no thank you there would be it wouldn't seem to to change or alter their countenance at all and so it was just this it was it was absolutely initially anxiety ridden and then it was enraging um because you're right it's that that sense that i did something which has now achieved some kind of impact and i was talking about this earlier on last week when i was doing some work about chairing meetings remotely this i think is fundamentally important in relationships that it makes people happy 
more than anything else. To know that they have made a difference. Uh, and so if by giving me a present, you have changed visually. You can see what's happened to me. You can see that you have changed another person. That will make you think and make you feel that your existence was worthwhile today. Because there are a number of things that can make people happy. I mean, uh, and happiness psychologists have written about three main themes. One of them is nice things happening, like getting a present. Mm. That's lovely, wonderful. Um, uh, but it normalizes quite quickly. Okay, just the feeling goes away. Um, tomorrow, um, you know, that will just be my coffee machine, and I'll, it will be nice to have it. Um, but it hasn't. It will. The, the, the feel, the happy feeling of opening the present goes. Second is the sense of being in a state of flow when you're so occupied and focused that you're not particularly concerned about whether you're happy or not. You know, happiness is what happens when you're doing other things. Flow is the other things that you're doing. Mm. But the most impactful and long-lasting source of genuine feelings of well-being is when you have had a positive impact on others. So the making a difference, feeling you've made a difference, is tremendously binding and tremendously powerful. If we are people who make a difference to each other, that will make our relationship strong. And I think that that dimension is something which is crucial in business relationships. How do we trace the impact of things to the individuals that we've made those connections with, our individual client or our individual point person on a customer side? We'll set some homework to do with that in a moment. But before we do, I just want to ask one final question, which is really important. Tom, what do you give the person who has everything? <laughs> well, I suppose the traditional answer is that what you do is you make something. Because yes. somebody who is very wealthy, who, as you say, has been on the planet for a long time and therefore has bought for themselves all the things they could possibly want, yeah. doesn't have something which only you can create. Yeah. So if you paint them a painting or draw them a picture or sculpt them an ashtray <laughs> or whatever it is. You do this, it makes them something really personal. Uh, even something like a photo of you and them mm. in a nice frame. Mm -hmm. That, I think, is something which is a bit more personal, has a bit more of you in it. And there's a very, very good gag in Terry Gilliam's film Brazil, which is a Christmas movie, where everybody who is giving and receiving a gift, gives and receives the same gift, identically wrapped in silver wrapping paper, which is an executive decision-making toy. Uh, and what it's saying is that there is something which was once so personal and so warm, mm. giving someone else a gift, being thoughtful, thinking of them, uh, that has become completely depersonalized, anonymized, and has had all the genuine warmth and joy and depth yeah. of feeling <laughs> erased from it. <laughs> and so if I'm buying someone a gift and I look on their Amazon wish list and I get them something nice, well, if that's something that they couldn't have afforded to buy for themselves, then that's lovely. Mm. If it's, we're just playing the game of I get you something, you get yeah. me something, and we both go away with something nice, that's fine. But if I'm buying for somebody who has lots and lots of things already, then simply me opening my wallet mm. isn't going to mean as much as me creating something which only I could create. Um, uh, it sounds like a great suggestion for uh, my, my Christmas plans for those people. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to work on it. So your, your homework, everyone, for this week um, is to think of somebody either in your personal life or in your professional world who you think of is a great gift giver, 
or someone who you think deserves a positive surprise. And either find them something which you think will suit them and buy it for them, or make them something real and special and specific and take it with you to your next engagement with them um, and watch the relationship bloom. We do workshops of all kinds, generally centred on how to talk to other people, but that includes pitching for new business, presenting at conferences, running meetings, uh, or just networking, getting to know people. We run those workshops both online and in person. And if you want to find out more, you can get in touch with us by a number of methods. You can give us a call. Uh, you can send us an email or you can send us a tweet and all of those links and bits of information are in the show notes. And we'd love to hear from you. Did you try today's homework? How did you get on? Is there anything you hope we're going to talk about that we haven't yet? And, and maybe other things that relate to what we have talked about that you want us to return to? Please get in touch with us, send me an email or record your thoughts in a voice memo and we might play it on a future show. Until next time, I'm Alex. And I'm Tom. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye. You have been listening to You Can Talk to Anyone with Alex McLaren and Tom Selinsky. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Tom Selinsky. You Can Talk to Anyone is distributed exclusively by Acast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.